and welcome to the Ghosts and Folklore podcast. I'm Mark Rees, and on each episode, I investigate a different, weird, and wonderful subject. And on this episode, we are going to return to a truly diabolical subject, and that is the devil himself, Erdiavel. But on this episode, we're not going to look at just any old tales of the devil. We are going to focus on accounts of the devil appearing in the form of an animal or some other beasts. There's going to be diabolical cats, diabolical dogs, diabolical headless horses, you name it. If the devil can transform into it, it might well be on this episode. Now, this is the latest in my series of semi-regular episodes exploring the devil in Welsh ghost stories and Welsh folklore. And the tales vary massively from tale to tale. Some sound like modern-day accounts of demonic possession. On the other hand, we have accounts that sound much more like traditional fairy tales, in which the devil is a more comical character. And on this episode, we'll be exploring a nice mixture of these accounts from the two extremes, some of the more terrifying ones, some of, you could say, the funnier ones, and some which are somewhere in between. And of course, the one theme that ties them all together is that they all concern the devil or some kind of demonic force from hell appearing in the form of an animal. And so, to begin at the beginning, and to quote Keredig Davis, the eminent Welsh folklorist, Victorian Edwardian folklorist Keredig Davis, who tells us that in many of the Welsh ghost stories, the spirit or ghost was supposed to be none other than the evil one himself. And so what Keredig Davis is telling us is that in many of the old accounts of what we might now call ghosts, these spirits, these poltergeists, whatever they might have been, back in the good old days, it was quite common to attribute that to the devil instead. And one sure way that people could tell that it was the devil rather than just some, some boring old evil spirit was that if it materialized in the form of an animal, then they knew for sure that it was the evil one himself. And in our first quick account, which might have a very familiar name, but I promise you it's not a tale I've told before on this podcast, but our first account involves a place called Devil's Bridge. And no, it's not that Devil's Bridge. I've spoken about another Devil's Bridge many a time on this podcast, most recently on episode 96. If you'd like to go back and check out that one in which the devil is outwitted by a wise old Welsh woman. But this is a totally different place. I think here in Wales, we just love naming our bridges after the Lord of Hell. But this particular Devil's Bridge is in North Pembrokeshire. And this one takes place much more recently. The other Devil's Bridge tale is a, an ages-old folk tale. This one, however, was recorded in the early 
20th century, when we are told several old people in the village of Eglisuru, which I'll spell to you, E-G-L-W-Y-S-W-R-W, claimed that the evil one was sometimes to be seen in and around the village, in and around that part of the world the devil was said to appear. But not in his traditional guise with a pitchfork and horns on his head with a tail. Although, thinking about it, he might have had a tail, but not, not the traditional devil tail anyway. But rather, as you've probably guessed by the theme of this episode, appeared in the form of an animal. More specifically, a white cat. And occasionally, if a white cat wasn't enough, also appeared in the form of a white lady. But either way, he certainly wasn't red. He was white. He was either a white lady or more often than not, he was a white cat. And why, I can hear you asking, why would the devil appear as a white lady or a white cat? Well, our eminent folklorist does offer an explanation and says that sometimes the devil manifests himself in a ball of fire, at other times in the form of a pig, a mouse, a calf, a dog or headless horse and even as a gentleman on horseback. So, as you can tell from that description, the devil does have form for appearing as different things, including lots of animals. And I do quite like the fact that the narrator does say, even, even as a gentleman on horseback, never mind the fact that just before that he said a headless horse, which to me is far more a fantastical sight than a gentleman on horseback. And talking about the headless horse, you'll also notice that all of the other animals have heads. So in this particular case, he's appearing as a white cat, but a white cat with a head. And he's also been known to appear throughout Wales as a pig with a head, a mouse with a head, a calf with a head, and a dog with a head. But when it comes to the horse, the head is missing. Maybe there's a godfather connection here or something, but I do think it would be fun to have some of the other animals appear, minus their heads, if the devil appeared as a headless mouse, that truly would be a sight to behold. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent, back to this tale and back to the good people of Eglos Uru, those gossiping old people of Eglos Uru, who said that one place in particular, in Penrest, was a favourite resort of the devil, and that a woman once in passing the spot at night shouted, Come out, you devil. And the next moment, can you believe it, a white cat appeared. So this woman was passing this spot. She shouted, come out, you devil. And he did exactly that. Well, kind of. A white cat appeared. And if that isn't enough evidence to convince you that the devil can transform into an animal, if you are that sceptical you need even more proof, well, let's continue by looking at another spine-chilling account, and this time one that concerns a dog. And sticking with Pembrokeshire, the devil-haunted county of Pembrokeshire, and to Nag's head, where Mr. David Walter of Pembrokeshire, who we are told is a religious man, and far from fear and superstition, a good, honest, religious man who has no time for this ghost and folklore nonsense I waffle on about on this podcast. He was travelling by himself through a field 
called Cotmo, I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced, C-O-T and Mo, where there are two stones set up called the Devil's Nags, which are said to be haunted. And I'm sure if you've read enough ghost stories, if you've seen enough horror films, the alarm bells are probably going off here. A man of God who has no time for any of this superstitious rubbish, travelling by himself through a haunted field where there are two stones set up called the Devil's Nags. What could possibly go wrong? Well, he was, to quote, suddenly seized and thrown over a hedge. That is what can go wrong when you stumble into a haunted field. But he was not to be deterred. Call it bravery. Call it faith in a higher power. Call it just pig-headed stubbornness if you want. But for whatever reason, he decided to go back there and other day. But this time he took some extra protection and it wasn't just the Lord above watching over him because he took a strong fighting mastiff dog. So he was well prepared. This time this strong religious man with a strong fighting mastiff dog arrived near the devil's nag and there appeared in his path the apparition of a dog. A dog more terrible than any he had ever seen. More terrible, I'm assuming, than this strong fighting Mastiff dog. And in vain, he tried to set his Mastiff on it, but the huge beast crouched, frightened by his master's feet, and refused to attack the spectre. Whereupon, his master boldly stooped to pick up a stone thinking that would frighten the evil dog. So, fair play to this man of God who's brave enough to stand up to this snarling dog. His own dog is not. His own dog is cowering at his feet. But he picked up the stone, but suddenly a circle of fire surrounded that dog, which, lighting up the gloom, showed the white snip down the dog's nose and his grinning teeth and white tail. He then knew it was one of the infernal dogs of hell, which I think sounds a heck of a lot more frightening than a white cat. If you're going to appear as some kind of animal, some kind of beast, go with the terrifying dog. Now, this dog is referred to in this account as a Gwilki, which I will talk about shortly, but I think that description also shares many similarities with another mythological dog, and that is the Kun Anun. The Kun Anun, the Hounds of Anun. And I won't go off on too much of a tangent now, we'll save that for an episode all about the Kun Anun. But Anun is the other world in Welsh mythology, in the Mabinogion and such tales, and it has become associated, it's not, but it has become associated with the Christian idea of hell as well. Now, the Gwilki I have spoken about on an earlier episode, one of the earliest all the way back on episode 7. And I also suggested a link, a tenuous link, but I also suggested a link between the Gwilki and Dylan Thomas, between Wales's 
greatest poet and these snarling dogs. And that was on the episode after it, on episode eight. But the Gwethki are not usually associated with the devil himself as such. They're often referred to as the dog of darkness or the dog of hell, rather than being a manifestation of the devil. But for the purposes of this episode, we're going to go with these tales which do link the two. And we are going to return to Keredig Davis for his description of the Gwethki. And he tells us that the Gwethki was a frightful apparition of a mastiff. But this mastiff, this apparition of a mastiff, had baleful breath and blazing red eyes. And in former times, an apparition in this shape haunted Pant Amadog in the neighbourhood of Larne, Carmarthenshire. See, back to this Dylan Thomas link, where a woman named Rebecca Adams, passing this spot late one night, fell down in a swoon when she saw the spectral dog coming towards her. When, within a few yards of her, it stopped, squatted on its haunches, and set up such a scream, so loud, so horrible, and so strong, that she thought the earth moved under her. I was informed at Llan Gunnog five years ago that spectral dogs still haunt that part of Carmarthenshire, and more than one of my informants had seen such apparitions themselves. So whatever these dogs are, whether it is the Gwithki, whether it's the devil appearing as the Gwithki, whether it's the coon from Welsh mythology, whatever they are, they certainly seem to be quite prominent in Pembrokeshire and in Carmarthenshire, heading over towards the west of Wales. And according to Keredig Davis, these are not the fancies of one or two crazy witnesses. Rather, it is some of his trusted informants who have passed on this information to him. Now, moving on to cows, which which is something I never thought I'd say on this podcast, but moving on to cows, or more specifically, moving on to calves, and one calf in particular, a black calf, which, to quote, was supposed to haunt a stream that flowed across the road that leads from Narbeth in Pembrokeshire to the adjacent village of Cold Blow. People returning late that way were supposed to get frightened as they passed, and as a consequence, they would go a long distance out of their way to avoid the haunted stream. One night, or rather early morning, two villagers were going home from a fair, caught the terrible calf, and took it home, locking it up safely with some cattle. But it had vanished when morning came. So, that's all very mysterious and spooky. There was some kind of calf haunting this area, and on the one occasion it was caught and locked up with the other cattle, it disappeared the next morning. But what what was it? Was it some kind of ghost calf? Well, it just so happens that in Rosagarth, in the community of Llanilla, back up Aberystwyth Way in, in modern-day Ceredigion, there was a well-known haunted spot in former times, and the demon that haunted it 
often appeared on the road to travellers late at night in the form of a calf, but with a head much like that of a dog. And I would love to insert some kind of witty comment or observation at this point, but frankly, I've got nothing, so I'm just going to repeat the description. Late at night, this demon would appear in the form of a calf with a head much like that of a dog. And to to continue this tale, which comes to us courtesy of Thomas Jones from Pontred van der Guide, who was a servant at a place called Pant Avavad, which isn't somewhere I'm familiar with, but I'm assuming it must have been pretty close nearby to where all this action was taking place. And I'm assuming Mr. Hughes must have been the master of the house if this Thomas Jones was the servant, because Thomas Jones tells us that many years ago, Mr. Hughes of Pontethavad was going home one night on horseback, but just as he was passing Rosagarth, the ghost appeared and passed across the road in front of the horse. Now, Thomas Jones, our narrator, heard the old gentleman often speaking about the ghost he had seen there, and that Mr. Hughes was great-grandfather to Dr. Hughes of Kurtakadno, also in Llanilla. And this wasn't the only spooky story Mr. Jones had heard from the area. It wasn't just his master, his presumed master, being spooked by this devilish beast. But he'd also known of a young man who always laughed when people talked about seeing ghosts. But, as always happens in these cases, when somebody laughs about ghosts, one night he, that man, was being followed home by an other man. Or so he thought. And after about a mile, it came close to him and vanished into nothing. The young man nearly fainted and after this, never doubted the reality of the world of spirits. That's always a great way of making believers out of sceptics. Get some creepy phantom to follow them home for a mile in the dark. But finally, following on from that tale of a man on horseback who encountered the demon in the form of a calf with the head of a dog, let's wrap things up with a demon who assumed the form of a horse. Far more conventional. Not a horse with the head of a monkey or anything as far as I know, just a horse. And this one comes to us courtesy of the Welsh physician Sir John Williams. And we don't get many sirs giving ghostly accounts on this podcast, a knight of the realm no less, but Sir John Williams, who at the time of recalling this tale was in Aberystwyth, but it concerned his time growing up in the neighbourhood of Gwynvy in the adjoining county of Carmarthenshire, where he often heard some of the old people speak of a ghost which haunted the road in that part of the country in former times. Now, this ghost, he recalls, was known as Bucky, B-W-C-I. Now, Bucky is a very popular word in Welsh ghost law, at least. Bookie-boo used to describe a generic ghost. But for this tale, it is far from generic. This is a very specific form of apparition. This is some kind of ghost who appeared in the form of a horse. And it is an old belief of the Celts, we are told, that demons assumed the form of horses. And one of these mythic beings was the water horse so well known in North Scotland. And it was also known in Wales once. 
Now, Sir John Williams might well have been a knight of the realm, but he has given me a heck of a lot in one sentence there to try and unpack as best as I can. Now, of course, this all starts off with the demon, with the devil appearing as an animal. In this case, it is a demon or the devil appearing in the form of a horse. Now, this this manifestation is described as a bookie. Bookie is a popular Welsh word for describing a ghost. And this particular manifestation is thought to be some form of water horse, which apparently was very well known in the north of Scotland. I have no idea if that was true. If it's still true, if any of my lovely Scottish listeners can help me out here and let me know, I would love to hear from you. But as well as the north of Scotland, they were also known in Wales. And going off on a bit of a tangent again quickly, in Wales, these water horses were known as Kefil Dwyr, which is a literal translation water horse kefil dur it's something i've written about in in my most recent book illustrated tales of wales they were spotted quite often in and around what is known as waterfall country in the vale of neath and spreading off into the brecon beacons now water horses are a massive a fascinating subject but a massive subject in and of themselves so that's another subject i can add to my ever-growing list of things to talk about on future episodes but for the purposes of this episode suffice to say sir john williams has told us that such a creature was active in Carmarthenshire in his childhood and again if that isn't enough evidence to convince you of the existence of demons transforming into horses well i guess nothing will convince you and we do have a, a final word of of warning of advice depending on how you want to take it to wrap things up but after looking at all these examples of the devil or some kind of demonic force from hell appearing in the form of animals we are told that a spirit in animal form was not always a demon sometimes the spirit of a mortal was doomed to wear this shape for some offense and so if you do happen to come across a spooky cat or a spooky dog or a spooky mouse or a spooky headless horse whatever it might be if you see a spooky sparrow badger hippopotamus any of these animals then fear not because it might not necessarily be the devil himself it might just might be the doomed soul of a fellow human being who has been burdened with this shape for some unspeakable offence. All of which brings me to the end of another episode of the Ghosts and Folklore podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast and keep it going into the future, as always, you can treat me to a coffee via my website. Or failing that, if you'd like to support the podcast for free, you can just leave a nice review, give it a quick thumbs up, a quick five stars, and help spread the word and tell all your friends and family to tune in. If you'd like more Ghosts and Folklore, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram and as well as this podcast, I've also written a number of books about similar weird and wonderful subjects which are available from all good bookshops offline and on, including my most recent book, Illustrated Tales of Wales, which I shamelessly shoehorned into that last tale and which contains those accounts of the K 
Sheffield tour of the water horses in and around the Vale of Neath. And on that note, it just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening. Diolch and Varian Amrando. I've been Mark Rees. This has been my Ghosts and Folklore podcast, beaming to you from Wales to the world. And remember... The next time your cat wakes you up at 3.33am in the middle of the night. Or the next time the dog rips up the newspaper as it's pushed through the letterbox. Assuming anyone still gets their newspaper delivered. But the next time that happens, just remember. Maybe they aren't just being furry, four-legged pains in the backside. And maybe there's something a little bit more demonic driving them on. But it's probably the former. Until next time, no star. No star.